Welcome to today's episode of our podcast, where we'll be delving into the fascinating world of nanophotonics, exploring a groundbreaking paper titled High Efficiency High NA Metalins, designed by maximizing the efficiency limit. I'm your host, Tom, and with me, as always, is my brilliant co-host, Jen. Hi, everyone. We're thrilled to bring you an episode that might sound like it's straight from a sci-fi novel, but trust us, this is cutting-edge real science that's pushing the boundaries of how we manipulate light at the nanoscale. Nanophotonics, for those who are new to the term, is the study of light on the nanometer scale. And a meta lens, simply put, is a very thin lens that can focus light, just like the bulky glass lenses we're all familiar with, but with some revolutionary twists. That's right, Tom. These incredible devices can lead to super compact optical systems, which could transform everything from smartphones to microscopes. Before we get into the heart of this paper, we need to cover some background concepts that are crucial to understanding the research. Absolutely, Jen. Let's start with numerical aperture, or NA for short. It's a key concept in optics that describes the range of angles over which a system can accept or emit light. A high NA means the lens can focus light to a very tight spot, which is critical for high-resolution imaging. Another key term is field of view often abbreviated as FOV. This is essentially the observable world your lens can see. Now, the challenge comes in when you want to combine a high NA with a wide FOV, something that traditional lenses struggle with, especially as they scale down in size. And that's where the magic of meta lenses comes in. They're not made of glass, but structured materials that interact with light at a scale smaller than its wavelength, allowing for some truly impressive feats of focus and clarity. Right on, Tom. However, creating a metal lens that's both high in efficiency and has a wide FOV has been a tough nut to crack. Efficiency here refers to how much of the incoming light the lens can focus, with losses often occurring due to reflection, absorption, or scattering. Enter the heroes of our story, Shiyu Li, Ho Chun Lin, and Chia Wei Shu from the University of Southern California. Our researchers have developed a way to design metal lenses that nears the theoretical limit of efficiency while maintaining high resolution over a wide field of view. What makes this paper so significant is their use of theoretical bounds, which are essentially laws of physics that dictate the maximum possible performance of a device to guide the design process. This isn't just a game changer for meta lenses, but for the wider field of optics. In the next segment, we'll break down the research objectives, methodology, and their astonishing results in detail. Stay tuned. It's going to be an enlightening discussion, pun entirely intended. And later on, we'll discuss the far-reaching implications of this research, because we're not just talking about sharper images. These findings could pave the way for advancements in virtual reality, medical imaging, and even in the pursuit of invisibility cloaks. To wrap it all up, we'll reflect on the paper and its broader relevance to both the scientific community and our daily lives. This episode promises to be a deep dive into a tiny world that's making a big impact. Don't go anywhere. Are you ready to slice through the Milky Way with cheesiness? Then buckle up, space cadets, because Moon Cheese Inc. is taking your palate on an interstellar adventure. All aboard the flavor rocket for our galactic Gouda, sure to have you seeing constellations with every bite. Get your spacesuit on for our cosmic cheddar, 
It's like a supernova in your mouth. And don't forget to float over to our Astro Asiago, delivered by the light of the moon. No spaceship required. With Moon Cheese Inc., every wheel is a wheel of fortune in taste. Impress your friends with your out-of-this-world cheese board. And remember, with Moon Cheese Inc., you're never cheesy alone. So add some spaced-out spice to your life with Moon Cheese Inc., because the only thing that should be eclipsed is your hunger. And that's one small bite for man, one giant cheese board for mankind. Call now and get a free moon rock with your first order. It's good enough to eat, but trust us, the cheese tastes better. Moon Cheese Inc. Dare to dairy where no one has dared before. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, where we make complex topics simple and engaging. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today we're delving into a fascinating and complex paper titled Nucleation Phenomena and Extreme Vulnerability of Spatial K-Core Systems by Leang Shui and collaborators. To start off, Jen, could you give our listeners a bit of context about why this paper is generating buzz in its field? Absolutely, Tom. This paper is at the forefront of complex network research. It looks at spatial K-Core systems, which are networks where nodes think of them as intersections, have links connecting them that are not randomly dispersed but have spatial constraints. You might wonder why that's significant. Well, understanding these spatial networks is crucial because it relates to how real-world systems like the brain, transportation, and even social networks are structured and function. Right? And the paper introduces breakthrough findings about how the vulnerability of these systems is influenced by the very architecture of the network itself. This paper is rocking the boat by showing that networks we thought were robust could be far more prone to collapses than previously believed. Breaking down the complex vocabulary in the paper, K-Core percolation is a method used to analyze the structural integrity of a network by iteratively removing certain nodes and seeing how the network holds up. And nucleation, a term borrowed from physics, describes how a small initial change can propagate through a system, causing a phase transition a major global change in the system. So the core of the paper looks at the response of these spatial networks when nodes are randomly removed. Depending on the network's characteristics, even a small disturbance can lead to a total collapse. The research methodology is rigorous, involving simulations to understand the impacts of varying link lengths and the resulting network robustness. Critically, they discovered four different types of phase transitions based on the average lengths of connections in the network. Now, for the implications. This research could have wide-reaching effects on how we design and maintain real-world networks, from ensuring the resilience of power grids to preventing the spread of diseases. The paper's conclusion reflects on how microscopic changes in a network can unpredictably lead to significant macroscopic effects. Wrapping up, this cutting-edge research has opened up a plethora of questions and is sure to influence future network design principles. It highlights the extraordinary bridge between theoretical network science and tangible, real-world systems. And with that said, we're about to transition to the main segment of our episode, where we will go into more depth on each of these points. So stay tuned, and let's unpack the profound complexities of spatial K-Core systems together. Have you ever been stuck in a boring backyard barbecue, Jen, just aimlessly tossing an ordinary frisbee back and forth? 
Oh yeah, Tom, it's like the Frisbee fun got abducted by aliens, but now it's time to beam up the excitement with Saturn's Hula Hoopla Inc. Introducing the Saturn Ring Frisbee. It's not your grandma's flying disc, unless she's from another galaxy. With anti-gravity technology, this hula hoop-sized wonder doesn't just fly, it floats, glides, and orbits around you, just like Saturn's own rings. Perfect for those who've ever dreamt of joining a space program, or anyone who just wants to spice up their park picnics. Forget the moonwalk. With Saturn's hula hoopla, you can ring walk like a true space ranger. And with the flick of your wrist, you're not just throwing, you're literally throwing a ring around Saturn. So say goodbye to the old toss and catch and hello to the spin and orbit, because this game is out of this world. Why settle for Frisbee on Earth when you can have the whole solar system at your fingertips? Saturn's Hula Hoopla Inc. They're the real ringleaders of fun. So grab your Saturn Ring Frisbee today and let the cosmic games begin. Ready to launch the fun, Jen? Absolutely, Tom. Just make sure you don't upstage the satellites with your wicked ring frisbee moves. Remember, with Saturn's Hula Hoopla Inc., it's not just a game, it's a galactic event. Why play frisbee on Earth when you can throw a ring around Saturn? Welcome to our deep dive episode on Aufbau suppressed coupled cluster theory for electronically excited states. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're unraveling a paper that has significantly advanced the field of quantum chemistry. It's penned by Harrison Tuckman and Eric Neuskamen from the University of California, Berkeley. Right, Jen. This paper introduces a method to improve the accuracy of single-reference coupled cluster theory, particularly in situations where the traditional determinant, known as the Aufbau determinant, either doesn't appear or plays a minuscule role in the actual wave function of the system. It's worth mentioning, Tom, that coupled cluster theory is a cornerstone of computational chemistry due to its high accuracy in predicting the electronic structure of molecules, especially in single reference settings where one determinant dominates the wave function. Absolutely, Jen. Let's paint the backdrop for our listeners. In quantum chemistry, it's crucial to understand the distribution of electrons in molecular systems. Correctly predicting so-called excited states, where electrons occupy higher energy levels, is key for understanding chemical properties and reactions. This paper is so vital because it tackles the challenges of strongly correlated systems, think heavy atoms or molecules undergoing chemical reactions, where traditional methods often struggle or the computational costs soar out of control. Effectively, the authors are tweaking the existing coupled cluster framework to suppress the Aufbau determinant and give prominence to other determinants that better represent the true nature of the wave function. Now, the technical term for their method is Aufbau Suppressed Coupled Cluster, ASCC theory. It's an approach that's both systematically improvable and retains many of the prized properties of standard coupled cluster methods, such as size consistency and extensivity. It's fascinating, right? On to the methodology. The paper centers around the use of specific operators in quantum computations. Operators are the tools that modify functions to produce desired roles in predictions. In ASCC, a unique de-excitation operator aids in downplaying the Aufbau determinant while maintaining the calculations manageable. The results? They are promising. ASCC provides accurate predictions for various types of excited states at a similar cost to other available methods. 
It's particularly effective for charge transfer states, where an electron jumps across significant distances within a molecule or between molecules. Indeed, Jen, those pesky charge transfer states have been a thorn in the side for many quantum chemists using traditional methods. The authors show that ASCC aligns very closely with equation of motion methods on select benchmark tests. As for implications, the paper discusses how ASCC could open new pathways for ground state techniques, including local correlation methods, because of its size-intensive properties. This could be a game-changer for the study of larger and more complex molecular systems. It's robust, Jen. To wrap it all up, ASCC appears to be a significant advancement in our computational toolkit. It offers a way to extend the reach of single-reference coupled cluster theory into realms previously difficult to explore without relinquishing the benefits of SRCC's simplicity and computational feasibility. Before we sign off, let's take a moment for personal reflection. This paper advances our ability to simulate and understand electronically excited states of molecules in new, more accurate ways, a triumph of ingenuity in pushing the boundaries of quantum chemistry. And with that, we have reached the end of the episode. We hope you've enjoyed this journey into the intricate world of Aufbau's suppressed coupled cluster theory and its potential to revolutionize the simulation of electronically excited states. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more insightful discussions on cutting-edge scientific research. Until next time, I'm Jen. And I'm Tom. Keep questioning and never stop learning. Goodbye for now. Hey, dancers and physicists alike, ever thought about making your next recital a real particle-smashing success? Dive into the world of unmeasurable style with the Quirky Quarks Quantum Tutu Emporium. Samarol, where elegance meets entanglement. Our quantum tutus are not just attire. They're a high-energy phenomenon. Outfitted with entangled threads, your movements will be an experiment in grace and probability. Imagine doing a fouette and finding out you're simultaneously in a state of spin up and spin down. Whether you're nailing a classical routine or just trying to observe the effects of gravity on dance, with a quantum tutu, you'll be the center of the universe. Witness your audience collapse into a state of pure amazement, or was it applause? With quirky quarks, you won't need to measure that to know it's true. And for a limited time, use the code QUANTUMPLIE for 10% off your first purchase. That's small savings with big impact. Leap into the quantum foam with Quirky Quark's Quantum Tutu Emporium. Jen and Tom, where elegance meets entanglement. Welcome to today's episode, where we're going to dive deep into the fascinating world of physics, and more specifically, explore the paper on the normal modes of coupled harmonic oscillators by Francisco M. Fernandez. That's right, Tom. And let's be honest, even if you're not a physicist, the title alone might send a shiver down your spine. Coupled harmonic oscillators, normal modes, it sounds intense, but don't worry, we're here to break it down for you. In the paper, Fernandez focuses on a traditional method for finding the frequencies of normal modes in coupled harmonic oscillators. He compares it to an alternative method and ultimately argues for the simplicity and pedagogical value of the traditional approach. So why is this significant? Well, understanding normal modes is not just academic. It's crucial for fields like molecular spectroscopy where scientists study how molecules vibrate and absorb light. And speaking of vibrations, let's get into the key concepts. 
A harmonic oscillator is a system that, when displaced from its equilibrium position, experiences a restoring force proportional to the displacement. Imagine a spring, pull it, and it bounces back. Now, when you have coupled harmonic oscillators, it means these systems are linked, so their oscillations affect one another. Think of two springs connected by a third one. They can create complex motion patterns, which are what we call normal modes. Precisely, Jen. And the paper deals with the math that describes these modes. It involves matrices, a mathematical structure that organizes numbers in rows and columns. In this case, we have matrices representing kinetic and potential energies. But here's where it gets tricky. The goal is to diagonalize these matrices, which means transforming them so that their values are only on the diagonal from the top left to the bottom right. This simplifies the problem and lets you find the normal mode's frequencies. So on to the core of the paper. Fernandez uses detailed examples to show how the traditional method works. He takes specific matrices that represent the energies of the oscillators and shows step-by-step -step how to diagonalize them, albeit in a theoretical sense. Right. And his key findings suggest that the traditional method is not only more straightforward than the alternative, especially when frequencies are equal, but also that it has practical instructional value for students. And this isn't just about shaking springs. The implications of knowing normal modes range from helping us understand the structure of molecules to the way quantum systems might behave. It's foundational knowledge with a broad impact. Wrapping this up, we reflect on how the paper not only reaffirms a time-tested approach, but also reinforces its educational significance. Fernandez highlights the importance of intuitive teaching methods in complex fields like physics, and that concludes our detailed breakdown of on the normal modes of coupled harmonic oscillators. We've covered the importance, dissected the method, and pondered the implications, all to help demystify this crucial physics concept. Thanks for tuning in. Whether you're a seasoned physicist or a curious learner, we hope you found this episode both enlightening and enjoyable. Stay tuned for more deep dives into academic papers that shape our understanding of the world. And don't forget, Keep oscillating harmoniously out there. Ahoy, listeners. Have you ever fancied a maritime adventure that's absolutely to die for? Well, batten down the hatches, because Spectral Spokes and Sales LLC presents the ghost ship wheel where the afterlife meets the high seas. That's right, Jen. With our ghost ship wheel, you're not just steering a ship. You're commanding a spectral fleet with your very own ghostly crew. Ever wanted to navigate through the Bermuda Triangle with zero effort? Our paranormal navigation system turns the most treacherous of trips into a spooky joyride. Perfect for ghosts who miss the salt in their non-existent hair and for the living looking for a thrill that's beyond this world. Disclaimer, if you find yourself suddenly mingling with mermaids and Davy Jones on a full moon night, don't say we didn't warn you. So sail on over to your nearest ghostly harbor and anchor down your afterlife adventure with Spectral Spokes and Sails, LLC. Because who says you can't take the helm in the hereafter? Get your ghost ship wheel today and let your spirit soar across the seven and quite possibly eight seas. Spectral Spokes and Sails, LLC is not responsible for any curses, hauntings, or unplanned trips to the afterlife. Sailor's soul required for full spectral crew experience. Ha! Set sail and let's get haunting, listeners.
Welcome to another deep dive episode of our Ocean Science series, where we explore the mysteries of the deep through cutting edge research findings. Today, we're unpacking a pretty heady topic, the inverse energy cascade in ocean macroscopic turbulence and what new research reveals about it. Strap in, because we're about to surf the waves of high level oceanic dynamics. Our core scientific soiree is based on a paper by J. Dreger Dietl and A. Griesel from the Institut für Meereskunde at the Universität Hamburg in Germany. The full title of this thrilling read is Inverse Energy Cascade in Ocean Macroscopic Turbulence, Kolmogorov Self-Similarity in Surface Drifter Observations, and Richardson-Obukov Constant. Quite a mouthful, isn't it? It is, Jen, but this paper is quite a big deal. It addresses how energy is transferred across different scales in the ocean, specifically through something called the inverse energy cascade, a phenomenon in fluid dynamics where kinetic energy flows from smaller scales to larger ones rather than the other way around. And what exactly does that mean for us non-fluid dynamicists, Tom? Well, think of it like energy doing a reverse commute, leading to large-scale swirling motions in the ocean which could have significant implications for understanding climate patterns and marine ecosystem dynamics. But to truly appreciate this paper's contributions, we should explore some key concepts first, starting with ocean turbulence. Ocean turbulence is like the churning of the sea. It's all those swirling motions and eddies, basically a chaotic soup of currents and vortices. In comes Kolmogorov's theory of turbulence, which suggests that energy cascades down from large-scale motions to smaller ones. But this paper talks about the opposite, an inverse cascade. Exactly. It's like energy flows upward from the raindrop-sized whirls to the hurricane-sized gyres. The researchers also throw around terms like the Richardson-Obkov constant. That's a value describing how particle pairs spread out in turbulent flow. Think of it as numerical shorthand for how quickly bits of stuff like plankton or pollutants drift apart in the ocean. And this is where those surface drifters come into play. They're basically floating sensors that track how water moves at the ocean's surface. Now, moving into the core of the paper, the researchers tackled their objectives by looking at drifter data off the coast of Namibia in the Benguela upwelling region. An upwelling, by the way, is where deep, cold, nutrient-rich water rises to the surface, a bit like an underwater fountain that feeds marine life. They discovered this energy transfer rate while examining the so-called third-order velocity structure function. Right? That's a mouthful. That essentially measures how much velocities differ over various distances. It's a turbulence thing. Their key finding, there's a definitive positive plateau where this inverse cascade happens over scales from about 9 to 120 kilometers. That's like pinpointing the area on the size spectrum where the ocean does its energy reverse commute. And it's remarkably similar to findings from the Gulf of Mexico. The implications of this are pretty substantial. Knowing how energy moves around the ocean is crucial for everything from predicting climate to safeguarding marine ecosystems. And in the grand conclusion, their study offers a compelling peek into the larger dance of ocean dynamics, a symphony of swirling energies with a newly recognized maestro, the inverse cascade. It shows that our ocean is even more interconnected than we realized, with the movement of tiny drifters helping us read the mood of the sea. And so we wrap up an episode that's taken us from the smallest swells to the grandest oceanic gyrations. Jen, any reflections on this aquatic journey? 
just that the more we uncover about our ocean's secret motions, the better equipped we are to protect and understand our blue planet. Thanks for tuning in, and let's keep riding these research waves to new shores of knowledge. Have you ever dreamt of gliding through the cosmos, Jen? More times than I can count, Tom. But aren't spacesuits a bit stuffy? Not when you're traveling with Dreamcatcher Galactic Escapes Lilted. They take sleeping under the stars to a whole new level. Oh, you mean like camping with fancy tents? Nope. I'm talking about catching Zs amongst celestial bodies. No tent can compare to surfing Saturn's rings in REM sleep. Wait a minute. Surfing Saturn's rings? In your dreams? That's out of this world. Literally, Jen. Dreamcatcher Galactic Escapes Elted uses cutting-edge quantum dream-weaving tech to send your snoozing self on interstellar adventures. So you're telling me I can waltz with witty meerkats on Mars instead of just drooling on my pillow? Precisely. Martian meerkat galas are all the rage in the dream dimension. Tuxedos, ball gowns, and avant-garde anthills. That sounds galactically glamorous. But it must be light years away from my budget. Here's the secret, Jen. It's all in your head. Dreamcatcher Galactic Escapes offers affordable access to the astral plane. Your fantasies, funded by nighttime. No more counting sheep, then. Nah. With Dreamcatcher Galactic Escapes, the only counting you'll do is the shooting stars as you doze off, where your snooze takes you to the stars. Sign me up for a celestial snooze fest, Tom. And to all you out there in podcast land, it's time to elevate your dreams. Tom and Jen, visit Dreamcatcher Galactic Escapes Eltedid today and let your sleep be your spaceship.